0: Um, I have a word from the Lord here tonight and, um, I'm going to see how long my voice will hold up. Praise God. Oh, Hurricane Laura is coming down, coming up the coast. And you know what, y'all? She's going to do what she's going to do and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And after Laura's done, I'm still going to praise God. After Laura's done, I'm still going to be saved. After Laura's done, I'm still going to have joy. She can take my house down right to the slab. But I'll stand there just like Job did and say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I genuinely feel that way. Praise the Lord. Uh numbers, I mean uh Matthew chapter number thirteen, verse number twenty-four. <laughs> Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Praise the Lord. And the servants of the household came and said, Did we not sow good seed in the field? Uh, How come it's got tares? He said to them, An enemy hath done this. He said, You want us to go gather them up? He said, No. Don't do it. Lest you root up the wheat with the tares. Let them grow together very key let them grow together don't mess with it don't get anxious and for whatever you do don't think it's going to hinder the harvest because he said they're going to grow together until the time of harvest Let them grow together until the time of harvest. And then I will say to the reapers, which you will find in this chapter are the angels. Gather ye together first the tares. Gather them up first. Bind them in bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. I'd just like to talk to you from this subject until the harvest. Until the harvest. Would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to help us. Jesus, I thank you for the power that comes from preaching. And I'm asking you to give me the strength to deliver the word of the Lord here tonight. I'm asking you to quicken to my mind everything you once said. I ask you tonight, Lord, that you would quicken my mind. Anoint me one more time for this service in the name of Jesus. And I praise you for it. I glorify you for it. I thank you for it. I magnify you in the name of Jesus. If you believe the Lord's going to help us, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord and give the Lord a shout of praise. You can be seated, but would you go ahead and praise the Lord one more time? Love the Word of God. The Word of God is infallible, it is unchangeable, and it cannot, for under no circumstances, can it or will it be changed for anybody. He said, I love. He said, the psalmist, I believe it was, said That he values his word above his name And he loves his name But he will violate his own name To keep his word And since he's not going to violate his name He's not going to violate his word either well, praise the Lord. Uh, Man, can I get a little monitor up here? I'd appreciate it. Be, you, I love the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Are you all still with me? You know what I'm talking about? The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then he says the Word of God is a discerner of thoughts and the intent of the heart. So what he was saying was not only can my word discern your thought, but my word can discern the intention behind the thought that you had. That's why when you come to God, you ought to be honest with God. Because he knows the very intent of the heart. And that's what his word does. His word, ladies and gentlemen. And I love uh, the written word of God. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, there is something that has to be said about when the word becomes flesh. There has to be something said about when the word becomes flesh. In other words, when this word gets out of the ink and the paper and becomes flesh among us. Uh, Yes, that's why we're excited in this church when miracles happen in this church. Because, ladies and gentlemen, because the words of ink and paper are getting out of the pages and right before you. Oh, somebody praise the Lord right now. And so... I love the written word because it cannot be changed. It cannot, it is forever settled. But there's something to be said about when an anointed vessel stands up behind this desk and begins to declare not just the written word, but the Ramah word. Uh, because the Rhema word, now this is my last night here, so I'm going to give it all I got. Uh, we might as well go on and have church. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like for you to know here tonight, uh, lady, you, that's why when the preaching goes forth, you should be on the edge of your seat. Uh, you can go to the bathroom and take 50 seven trips during the song service but when the preaching is going forth there ought to be somebody that says I got to get my bladder healed before the preaching starts I got to get my bladder healed before the preaching starts because when the preaching starts that's when the power begins That's when the power begins. And I'm going to tell CMT right now, I'm going to prophesy to this church right now. The Word of God is about to be made flesh in this church on a regular basis. Oh, that's exactly right. It was my man of God. It was my man of God that told me, Bobby, you must value the preaching. You must value the preaching because there's three things that happens when preaching goes forth. There's three things that happen when you hear preaching. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. There's three things that happen when the preaching goes forth. The first thing that happens is there is warfare power in the preaching. There's warfare power in the preaching Ladies and gentlemen You can be having all kinds of stuff going on in your house But if you would just by chance Turn off CNN And turn on the word of God It would change the spirit that's in your house Oh, yeah. You got depression in your house? You need to turn on some preaching, and the preaching of the Word of God will change the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about some laid back preaching. I'm talking about apostolic preaching. I'm talking about one God preaching. I'm talking about Holy Ghost preaching. You see, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all the other outlets would have you to believe we're in a hopeless situation. But when I read the word of God, I see something else. Oh, well. So there's warfare power loosed in the preaching. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please hear me. The second thing that's loosed in the preaching is there is healing power loosed in the preaching. It was some years ago, it was some years ago that my man of God, my bishop, was in the nation of Ethiopia, and he was preaching over there, and they had, out there they had big tents, and they set these tents up, and they would put leper colonies under these tents and they would put big speakers out in front of these tents and of course my man of God was inquisitive about it and the, the man of God there in Ethiopia he said to my man of God he said we do that so they can have access to the word of God because when the preaching goes forth so does healing. See, I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't need nobody to say nothing special over you. What you need is let your faith loose and when your faith gets loose in the word of God, healing, And so they would begin to preach. And as they would begin to preach, those lepers would one by one get up from out of that tent. Because they were being healed by the preaching of the word. And so my man of God was over there preaching. And after service one night, uh, a man came up uh, through the interpreter and said to my bishop, I need to talk to you. Uh, Well, he said, okay. And so the translator began to tell him, this man began to tell him, I had a glass eye. and while everybody was going on that glass eye fell out of my socket and I was down on the ground and I was looking for my glass eye and while I was looking for my glass eye I took that eye up out the dirt and dusted it off and I kept trying to put it in my socket y'all hear what I'm trying to tell you kept trying to put it back in my socket I'm going to help somebody to believe What I'm preaching here tonight Well he said I kept trying to put it back in the socket And every time I did it hurt me It was hurting me Until about the fourth time I did it I realized the reason I couldn't put it back in the socket is because while you were preaching God gave me a brand new eyeball It's because there is healing power in the preaching. Somebody ought to get on your feet and praise the Lord right now. I said somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. If I needed a healing, you could get a healing right now. If you needed a healing in your body, you could be healed right now. well I got about 10% of you believe in that right now I got about 10% of you believe in that the reason why we're so hard to believe it is because we're bent on skepticism we're bent on skepticism oh that's just what TV preachers do I got news for you here tonight that didn't start with a TV preacher it started with an apostolic preacher Oh, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings But we don't need no more gimmicks in the church I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings We don't need no more charlatans in the pulpit What we need is some people That know how to access faith By the word of God Faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God If I needed a healing, I'd get my hands up right now. If I needed a healing in my body, I'd get my hands up right now. By the authority of the word of God, and by the power that is in the name Jesus, I command you to be whole right now. Now go ahead and praise the Lord for it like you already have it. Go ahead and praise the Lord for it like you already have it. You shall have it. You shall have it. Did you hear what I just said? Praise the Lord for it like you already have it. Is that how you're going to act when you get healed?
1: Oh,
0: Oh, we got a few seconds more. Somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. But the third thing... The third thing that's loosed in the preaching is there is creative power loosed in the preaching. There's creative power. He said, know you not that the worlds were framed by the word of God. He said, so when my word went forth... My word framed that which was not as though it already were. That's how powerful my word is. He said, He said, My word is my seed. He said, my word is my seed. He said, so when my word goes forth, I don't care if it's a Wednesday night Bible study. It doesn't matter if it's a word at the kitchen table. When my word goes forth, it will not return unto me void. In other words, it won't return empty. But it will accomplish whether too, I have sent it uh, i don 't have the time i don 't have the time. I wish I did, but i don 't because if I had the time, I would tell you what God said to Jeremiah. He said to Jeremiah Jeremiah what do you see? Well he says that to Jeremiah and Jeremiah says I see the rod of an almond tree and he says "Uh, you have seen well and I will hasten my word to accomplish it. Uh, Now Brother Carson the word hasten uh, it doesn't really match up King James to Hebrew because what he was saying actually in the Hebrew was I'm not just going to speed it up, but I'm going to watch over it until it comes to pass. So every time you hear preaching and the man of God gets up and says, we're going to have revival, and we're going to have a breakthrough, and we're going to have a move of the Holy Ghost, he said, you have seen correctly, and I'm going to watch over it until it comes to pass. But my question is, why an almond tree? Why an almond tree? Well, ladies and gentlemen, he said an almond tree. He didn't say a pear tree or a peach tree or an apple tree. He said an almond tree. So why would he say an almond tree? It's because almond trees have the ability to bear fruit even when it's not in season. (laughs) me. So what God was saying was, as that even though it don't look like it's your season, he said, I see the rod of an almond tree. You may not feel like you're worthy to get a miracle, but God said, I see you as an almond tree. I see you with the ability to, God said, my word is so powerful and creative. I can cause you to bear fruit out of season with just my word. I can cause you... My word is so powerful that it can jump ahead of time and give a Gentile woman a miracle, and she's not even scheduled to have the miracle. Oh, my. Oh, we're not supposed to help the Gentiles right now. But Jesus said, let her alone. Jesus said, Don't you bother her because I haven't found no kind of faith like she has. She didn't have faith in the miraculous, she had faith in his word. Oh, yeah. You can can lose faith in all kinds of things, ladies and gentlemen, but you better not lose faith in that word because that word can create an unscheduled miracle. And that Seraphonician woman said, My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. I'm going somewhere. I haven't forgotten Matthew 13. We're going there. But watch now. She says, he says, I can't help you. You're a dog. I can't help you. You're a dog. He called her. Oh, my. I better not. No. I won't say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he insulted her culture, and he called her a dog, uh, which in that day was the worst thing you could call anybody. He called her a dog. Uh, he insulted her ethnicity and see I'm going to tell you all something right now some people don't want to stay around the church because they don't want to be offended Uh, because sometimes preaching offends you Uh, I better not uh, sometimes preaching offends you and preaching will grate your human spirit because you, it, because why? Not because the preacher don't like you, not because the preacher is picking on you, but because the word is a discerner of the thought. Uh. Yeah. And so Jesus sometimes insulted. People, Uh, he 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 wasn't into playing games. Uh, He wasn't into playing games. He sometimes he hurt people's feelings. Oh yeah, and and when it came down to it, he they said he said, "Are you going to go too?" They said, "Where are we going to go?" You have the words of eternal life. so Jesus insulted her character and insulted her fairy ethnicity, but she didn't come she didn't care how insulted she was. at home she had a daughter that was being vexed by a devil. You see, when you get desperate enough, you won't care who talks about you. When you get desperate enough, you won't care who rolls their eyes at you. When you get desperate enough, you won't care about any of that. She was after the word because his word is his seed. And whatever he plants, it will come up. Oh, I, I said I wasn't going to be long tonight, but I, I, I this, this is just too good to walk past. You see, ladies and gentlemen, uh, how many garden planters do we have in here tonight? How many garden planters you plant a garden? Or you used to plant a garden. Oh, man, I'm in good company. I, my mom and dad made me plant a garden every year. Uh, I mean, to this day, I, I mean, they look pretty, but I ain't into that. I like tomatoes. I like I like okra. I like squash. I like it all. But I ain't want to be planted. Oh yeah. Now watch this my brother. You see when you plant certain things too close, they will cross-pollinate. So if you plant a hot pepper and a sweet pepper too close then you're going to end you're going to end up with a hot pepper uh, yeah you see ladies and gentlemen but Jesus said can I preach in here just a few more minutes but Jesus said if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you can say to that mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea well that don't sound like too much revelation. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you plant two pepper plants together, they're going to cross pollinate. Uh, If you plant squash together, uh, they're going to cross pollinate. Uh, But when it comes to mustard seed it doesn't matter what you plant it next to it's going to come up mustard seed every time well ladies and gentlemen it doesn't matter what you plant faith next to because it's going to come up faith every time So if you plant faith next to cancer, it's still going to come up faith. Okay. Okay. If you plant faith next to diabetes, it's going to come up faith. If you plant faith next to coronavirus, it's going to come up faith. It, uh, Because mustard seed does not cross-pollinate. Oh, that's exactly right. And so God said, my word is my seed. He said, when I plant it, it's good seed. Good seed. But the Bible said that the sower went forth and he sowed good seed. Nothing wrong with the seed. Nothing wrong with it because it was the Word of God. But the Bible tells us that while men slept, and I gotta be honest with you, Pastor Robinson, I gotta be honest with you, that messed with me. And the Bible said the enemy sowed tares among the wheat. Sowed the tares among the wheat. Now, this is what really challenged me, is because I had never studied tares before. But I found out that when you begin to study tares, the proper word is called Darnell. And that's 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 the English word. Darnell so I found out that Darnell or tears the very seeds have properties in them that induce drowsiness so the enemy says oh I see you're distracted oh I see you're already got your hands in something else other than the kingdom I already see, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I see you're wrapped up in your favorite TV show. I see you're wrapped up, oh, yeah, in what you're doing on your Facebook account. So while you, I got you, uh, while you already got you distracted, I'm going to sow something in your life that will make you insensitive to my spirit, to the spirit of God. Hear me now. Ladies and gentlemen, the church has been wrapped up in stuff that it's not had any business being wrapped up in and we've been asleep for too long. But God is sounding the alarm and telling the church it's time to wake up. Oh did you hear what I just said? It's time to wake up. We've been asleep too long. And the alarms are going off. The signals are being s- and God said, He said, What do you want me to do? He said, He said, Do you want me to pull them up? He said, No, it's too late for that. You you were too asleep some of y'all don't believe what I'm saying but I'm going to tell y'all something it's not the will of God for us to come back from this pandemic and just do what we've always done Okay, I'm going to say it again it's not the will of God for us to come out of this situation and have church the way we've always had it and do what we've always done God said no Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to propose to you tonight that this virus that we have seen is not a judgment on the world. Oh, it's all right if I preach in here tonight. It is not a judgment upon the world it is a wake up call to the church that says you've been asleep too long you've been wrapped up in your own agenda too long and I'm trying to get you stirred up well I am going to go ahead and say it I know it's going to hurt people's feelings but our answer is not having more conferences we've had more conferences coming out our ears conferences are not the answer prayer and fasting Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't need another conference. What we need is people that'll wake up. Oh, somebody lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, CMT. Forget about what everybody else is doing. Forget about what everybody else is doing down the road. We need a church that'll wake up. Hey, bro, we had all the conferences we need to have. You know why we keep wanting to have more conferences? Because it's about hero worship. I better not. It's about the glorification of flesh. I don't know. I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, I know what the Holy Ghost told me. I was in my office some time ago, ma'am. At home. And the Holy Ghost began to deal with me. And he said, Bobby, you want to know how to turn this around? I said, yeah, I would. He said, well... I'm going to give you the answer today. Hey, can y'all pull up Joel chapter 2 and verse 15 back there? I'm going to give this church tonight from the Holy Ghost an answer on how to turn this situation around. Here's the answer blow the trumpet in Zion. In other words the, for it, when you blew a trumpet in Zion in the camp it was an alarm that said something is wrong. Yeah. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Give me the next verse. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children up. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber. And the bride out of her closet watch this let the priests the ministers of the lord weep between the porch and the altar ladies and gentlemen the last time i checked the bible said you are a royal priesthood you are a peculiar people The Holy Ghost is screaming, Wake up! The Holy Ghost is screaming,
2: Get up! Wake
0: up! Get out of your stupor! That's why God's been talking to us this week about getting rid of offenses. And about getting rid of stuff. And about getting out of attitudes. And getting out of certain things. Because my brother, God's trying to tell the church, you're asleep. And you're not waking up. I'm sending signal after signal. And you're not waking up. We're not waking up. We're not getting up. I'm almost done. I'm getting ready to come to a close, but I I have to tell this church, I know we got precious elders in this house that have given their lives to the, to the kingdom. We've got precious elders in this building and they can't fast like they used to. But we got some young people in this church that can fast. Okay. He told him, God said, you blow the trumpet and sound an alarm. It's time to let the people know something's wrong. Something's wrong. We got to stop acting like nothing's wrong. Wake up. There's tears among the wheat. Wake up. Wake up. There's tears among the wheat. Wake up. Jesus said I, I think we better throw our hands in the air one more time and pray in the Holy Ghost oh brother Wade See, I, I, I don't have no axe to grind I'm not angry with nobody But the Holy Ghost, we have sat around and we have talked about how God's angry with the world. We've sat around and we've talked about how God's angry with the world. And yet the righteous dwells in the gates of Sodom. Okay. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt that bounce back. But that's just the way it is. That's that's the way it is, ma'am. You know why? How I can prove that? Because the Bible called Lot a righteous man. And he moved his family down to Sodom. And he got so entangled with Sodom. That the sin no longer bothered him. He let his daughters marry into it. He let his daughters marry into it. He let his wife get engulfed in it until they felt no conviction of sin anymore. Until they could sit there and watch a dirty movie and it not affect. Oh my God! Until they sit there and watched people in their living room on that box drop four-letter words, and it never even phased them. Never even phased them. Never even phased them. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I. I know. We they sit there and let they sit there and their, on their on their computer on the internet pulled their phones up and watch pornography and it never bothered them it never faced them and the reason why he never got out of it is because he lost touch with the man of god in his world he lost touch with the vision of abraham He lost touch with, oh, what Brother Abraham was preaching. And, oh, oh Brother Abraham, he's too old-fashioned. Oh, Brother Abraham, he's always talking about that holiness stuff, you know. Oh, my, I'm sorry. I, I... He's, al- he's always talking about living holy and living separate from the world. You know, you know, Lot, we can't keep living like that. We just can't too narrow for us. Mm. You see, I'm going to tell you something, bro. When you get comfortable in Sodom, the only thing that will shake you is fire and brimstone. Oh my, and God's telling the church, you better wake up. I never do this, but I'm going to tell you, if this church corporately would fast one day a week together, not pick different days, but together, That's what he said in Joel 2 and 16. Gather the people. Come on, you ought to tap into that place of prayer right now. Come on, you ought to tap into that place of prayer right now. This is what the Holy Ghost is saying. You want to turn around? You want to see a turn in your family? You want an alarm to be blown? You want to see your land change? I want everybody to listen to me really closely. Because what I'm going to say is very pertinent to what's happening right now. When Daniel got before God and he wanted an answer, When Daniel got before God, and this is all I'm going to say, and then I'm going to turn it back to the pastor. And this is what we as a people must do. Daniel got before God, and he started repenting. It was just him by himself. He wasn't trying to, and I understand, but he wasn't trying. There was nobody to give moral support to. There was nobody to wrap their arm around him. He said, hey, hey, D, come on. You can make it. There was no crowd to impress. He knew there was about to be a change of the kingdoms. He knew there was about to be a change of the empires. Go back and read it. He knew something was about to change. And he knew if his people were going to survive... Somebody had to repent. He knew if he was going to get an answer. And he started saying these words. Lord, we've killed your prophets with the sword. Lord, we have taken and profaned your name. See, we as apostolics, we we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about the mistakes that we have made. Okay, it's quiet in here. I. Huh? We don't want to talk about our how much pride we've had. We don't want to talk about that because it's uncomfortable. Uh, we don't want to sit there and talk about how we've how we have killed preachers with our mouths. Well, at least we haven't committed adultery. Well, at least we haven't fornicated. Well, at least we haven't lied. No, but Daniel said. We killed the prophets with the sword. Mm. Folks, I I I I'm not trying to be a jerk. Before the Almighty God, I'm not. But Daniel knew the only thing that was going to unlock the heavenlies and get an answer was repentance. And fasting. And it took 21 days to do it. But finally that angel broke through. See. We don't think nothing's happening on the other end. But the moment you go into repenting and fasting. It moves. And shakes up principalities. That you can't see. And the minute he started repenting, the angel was loosed from the heavenlies. It may have taken 21 days to get there, but it was happening. And I'm gonna tell you this, and you can look at me, and I'm not in, in no way trying to be funny. You can look at me and tell, and tell, I'm not some master craftsman at fasting. But I do know what I heard from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, if we're gonna change this thing, we've got to blow a trumpet and we've got to fast. got to lay down our spiritual pride that's what happened to Israel they got wrapped up in their spiritual pride and they never thought God would destroy them they never thought God would judge them but God said in the book of Revelation you either repent or I'll remove your candlestick out of its place I'll find somebody that will repent We better lift our hands and worship the Lord one more time. Man, Brother Wade, this don't sound too positive. I got news for you. This is the key. This is the key. This is the key. This is the key. 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 Repent. This is the key. Brother Carson, you know your Bible way better than I do. But for years, oh my, I'll get in trouble for this probably. But for years, we have locked down the voice of the prophetic. We don't want the prophet to come around unless he's telling us we're going to get cadillacs and nice houses and nice and build us up we we might be sinning and doing all but oh you're still going to get blessed god's just going to bless your chunk and we 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 don't want the prophet to show up don't want him to show up because when he showed up in the book of 1st Samuel they, they looked at Samuel and said hey did you come in peace? because when he came up unannounced they knew somebody had the potential to die okay because not one word of Samuel's fell to the ground but God is raising up prophets and bringing them out of the cave. I ain't talking about these dudes that are charlatans, that are wannabes, that call themselves prophets. You beware of these people that call themselves prophets. You beware of these people that think they have all the answers and then try to usurp the authority of your, your, your pastor. The minute they start saying something other than what your man of God is saying, they ain't telling the truth. Okay. So, watch. So, this is what he says. He says... In in Malachi, can you pull it up? Malachi four six. Can, I got three minutes. Watch, Malachi four six. Can't make this up. Four five. I'm sorry. Four and five. Four and five. And verse (laughs) 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And fast forward 400 years and there's this man by the name of John the Baptist. That shows up in the spirit of Elijah. And his sole mission was not to work miracles. There was not a prophet born of a woman greater than John the Baptist. That's the words of Jesus. And his sole ministry was to prepare the way of the Lord and God is going to begin to raise up prophets and prophetic voices and their sole mission is not to make you feel good it's to prepare the church for the coming of the Lord one more time i want you to lift your hands because in the last in these last days we got to be crying god Be ready for your coming.
2: was in Columbus Ohio brother Norris I I felt the urge to come back to Indiana and I couldn't shake the urge brother Norris I didn't I didn't know what was going on with me because my wife and I were very happy in Columbus Ohio matter of fact we thought we were going to stay there forever And, but I couldn't shake it. I said, I've got to go back to Indiana. So I went to the prayer room and I said, Lord, if this is your will for me to go back to Indiana, I need an answer fast. I said, Lord, I don't want this to take a long time but I want a quick answer because I'm having a hard time sleeping. So I walked out of the prayer room and I said, Lord, I'm going to fast the rest of this evening. And until you give me an answer. And the next day before 4 p.m. that next day The Lord gave me an answer and I received a phone call that opened the door for me to come back to Indiana. But then we're in Indiana and then the Lord begins to deal with my wife and I about coming to Lafayette, Indiana. So I say, Lord, we need an answer. And my wife and I, every night, knelt down by the bed, we held hands and prayed every night for four months in a row, four months in a row, we knelt down, held hands, prayed every night, saying, God, we need an answer for And while we were praying, we were fasting, saying, Lord, we need an answer because I don't want to be anywhere. I'm not supposed to be. God gave us an answer, placed us right here in this city. Since we've been here in this city, God moved upon my heart. I said, church. We've got to pray and fast because we need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We need reconciliation. So we went an entire month, every Tuesday and Wednesday, praying and fasting. God started answering. People start being filled with the Holy Ghost. Reconciliation was taking place. But you know what, Brother Carson, ever since we stopped fasting, I've heard this voice saying, why did you stop? And I've been avoiding that voice because I keep hearing a voice saying, why would you stop? seen what happened. I honor my word. I'll honor your sacrifice. Why'd you stop? But I kept coming up with these excuses saying, well, Lord, I don't want to weary your people. Lord, I I don't want to weary your people. I don't want them to think I'm just being too hard on them. He said, but why'd you stop? When the man of God was preaching right up here, it was like a dagger, (laughs) but it was his word. It was piercing my heart. And his voice spoke to me just as clear as I'm talking to you right now. He said, I've been telling you, why did you stop? This man of God has come here today to preach to you. I don't know if he touched anybody else here today but he spoke to me and said I've been trying to tell you why did you stop? And that that word pierced my heart. And then as soon as the man of God began to say this church should be who he was talking to was the man of God. That's who you was talking to brother way. When you say this church should be, corporately, it stuck me right in my heart. Because the Lord's been challenging me to do that for the last several weeks. And I've been avoiding to do it. I'm only telling you this as a man. But when you hear the word of God preach, that pricks my heart like this, I have to move by the Holy Ghost. Because I know, based off of history, any time I have prayed and asked the Lord and sacrificed and fasted, the Lord gave an answer every single time. He has never failed me. I could give you example after example where it has happened immediately and things that have taken time to take place. But every time, Brother Stevenson, God has provided the answer. I'm telling this church right now, once we start fasting corporately together, we're going to start seeing the greatest miracles that this city has ever seen. I'm telling you what God has spoken to me right right there when I was down on my ease. He said, if we can come together together as a people and believe him together and when I'm talking about miracles I'm not just talking about diseases and sicknesses I'm talking about people that some folks have written off and said they can never turn their life around and come back to God that is going to start happening on a continual basis on a continual basis I'm telling you what I know I'm telling you, people that have cast them off and said they're just not going to make it. God is going to start doing miraculous things, but he first must prepare us. We must repent and ask the Lord to help us and watch what miracles begin to take place. Let's lift our hands together.